Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming. Action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. Since this is the last show of the year, I thought I'd do something revolutionary and look at my favorite releases from 2022. I know, I know, not original at all, but at least I've got one twist, a guest reviewer. Nathan Lively is a college student who's also very much into cinema. We're friends via his father, who's one of my longtime movie buddies, so I thought his perspective might be fun. After we finish our discussion, Nathan was just movies, I'll run down my TV streaming favorites. Sifter, review of the week. Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery on Netflix. The original Knives Out was surprising, smart, and stylish. This sequel has only one of those adjectives going for it, and I'll tell you which one in a minute. Daniel Craig returns as the extremely southern gentleman detective with a surprise roommate cameo. This case brings him to an isolated island owned by a tech billionaire, Edward Norton, who has assembled a group of mildly eccentric friends for a murder mystery game. Unlike the previous film, the oddball characters aren't especially fun or even odd. Returning writer-director Ryan Johnson has loaded this script with too much dialogue. It's an hour before anybody dies. Even afterward, there's more focus on justification for the crime instead of action or even interaction. Since the locale is new, it provides some opportunities for stylish design. Otherwise, this sequel is too talky, rather slow, and lacks many surprises. By the way, look for the late Angela Lansbury and Stephen Sondheim in a brief Zoom sequence. I gave Glass Onion a Knives Out Mystery two and a half stars. Nathan Lively, welcome to Sifter for the Ear. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, talk about movies with you. So what's your background, Nathan? Why did I contact you? Um, <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm a friend of a friend, I guess you could say. Uh, there you go. And we've been to some movies together. Right. Yeah, we, we did see some movies together this year. I'm not a uh, movie critic by any means, but I, I do see a lot of movies and I enjoy watching them. So let's jump into some of the ones. Oh, why don't you start? What was your favorite movie of last year? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so seen... many people love that movie and it and I enjoyed it. I appreciate it, but I just didn't love it like everybody. Else. Why did you think it was so amazing? I think it tackled some uh, larger than life ideas. I loved the uh, relationship of the two main actresses of the movie. I, I think the movie kind of resembles the problems that come along with the internet and social media and stuff like that. Having access to everything everywhere all the time causes a lot of problems with relationships. Even though there are so many things to worry about and stress about and think about all the time, um, it's important. Well, I won't give away the end of the movie, but it, it okay. tackles that idea in a, in a very heartwarming way. And With I, lots of crazy visuals. You're leaving out all the crazy hot dog fingers and all kind of crazy <laughs> stuff in it. Yeah, no, it's it's sprinkled with the Daniels comedy style um, all throughout, right. which I personally like. Well, let's look at some of the ones that uh, I had on my list and see if there's any of them we can compare. Did you by any chance even see Confess Fletch? I honestly haven't heard of it other than you mentioning it to me. Fletch is a series. There was actually a Chevy Chase Fletch years ago. And so it's a series about this kind of hapless investigative reporter. And John Hamm plays it. And I thought it was the funniest movie of the year. It was really a lot of fun. But since you didn't see it, probably you saw this one, Elvis. I, I've seen part of this one. Oh, no. <laughs> How can you I, see I, part of it? Well, I it, okay, it is long, and I've heard people rave about it, but I've seen so many average biopics recently right. that I just wasn't excited to see another one. 
but I have heard that this one is very, very good. It's better than average. It is. Did you by any chance see Vengeance? I didn't, but I know about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tar? No, but I know this well. one as well. <laughs> <laughs> all, all your favorite ones, I'm, I'm looking at the list. Uh, I, I, there are a few I'm excited to talk to you about, but. Well, let's talk to some of those since you obviously have, since we're, we're batting almost zero here. The Fablemans, you probably haven't seen the Fablemans yet. I haven't seen the Fablemans. I have seen uh, Bones and All. The oh, nice you have? What'd you think of that? I thought that was, you know, it's a, it's a hard movie and it's hard to get people to even go see it because the subject is, of course, cannibalism. But I thought by the end, it was really very touching and pretty powerful. I had mixed feelings about this one. Uh, I saw it with my sister because she's a big Timothy Chalamet fan. Right. And I thought the performances were all great. I thought the cinematography and the, the coloring of the movie was gorgeous. Something about it just didn't mix well with me. Like I found it too too out there, I, I, I guess. It, it just... Well, wait a minute. You were just talking about everything all at once and that's pretty out there. It is. It <laughs> In is a very different there, way. But... It is out there, but it, it commits to being out there. And this movie kind of goes back and forth from being out there in the most extreme, like disturbing scenes, and then comes back into being like a love story drama. Right, right. Which and, is what I, I liked about it. Yeah, no, and I, I get that appeal. Um, and my sister loved it. It felt uh, too, too, it felt like two different movies. For me. Uh, Banshees of Inisherin. Did you get to see that yet? I did see that. Yeah. What'd you think? I love that movie. Second yeah. favorite movie of the year for me. Oh, really? Great, great. Yeah. Martin McDonald is the writer-director, of course. And in, for the second time after In Bruges, he put Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson together as best friends who have a falling out. But what I said about it was the writing is deceptively simple because it just seems very kind of mundane, but it's not. It's just brilliantly simple. And then the performances, of course, are quietly quirky. And I thought it was, you know, a very amiable little relationship story. Everything you said, I, I agree. I loved how uh, at, at its core, it's, it's extremely simple, but I found myself thinking about it for several days afterwards. And funny too, in dark, dark ways. It was ways. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, did you get a chance to see Triangle of Sadness? No, no, I, I didn't. But my uh, my sister did, and she she recommended this movie to me. Um, Maybe I should have her on this call instead of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that might be it. I, I'm looking at the rest, and I oh, think okay, okay. Really Just so you know, interestingly, it was uh, writer director Ruben Oslin who did Force Majeure which was a wonderful movie. And this new one, it's like The Menu, which actually should have been on my list and somehow it didn't on here. The Menu and Triangle of Sadness and there's a TV show that I'm blanking on now, all deal with extremely rich people who are basically assholes and put them in really uncomfortable situations. And that was what I liked about Triangle of Sadness. Uh, the White same thing with The Menu. Did you see The Menu? I didn't see The Menu. Are you talking about White Lotus? Yes, of course. That's what the other one is. White Lotus. Yeah, you knew exactly when I said rich people who That's are obnoxious. It. Yeah, right, right. Well, let's let's do one of yours. I've gone through a number of mine that you haven't seen. So let's see what, what's on your list. What you, you said second was Banshees. What was third? Uh, nope. Uh, another one you loved and I didn't like. Yeah. I think we actually saw that together. Yeah, we might have. We uh, might have. You, yeah. Uh, what did you not like about it? It just didn't work. I didn't think it, I'd have to go back and look at my review. I didn't think it was very clever. I kept waiting for it to get suspenseful or really cool. And it it just never seemed to work for me. It, unlike his other two movies, which I've liked both. Of course, Us and Get Out, I, I liked both of those, but I just, this just didn't work. What worked for you about it? it he, he continued with his horror movies about social issues, but he took a different turn for this one. I, I love the twist and I love the turning aliens on their head. I really enjoyed it. I found it suspenseful. It's not nearly as uh, thrilling as his first two movies. But I'm talking uh, about Jordan Peele, by the way, for anybody who's not. Yes. Yeah. What's next on your list? One that I'm surprised I didn't see on yours, X. I'm trying to remember that. I must have seen it. Directed by Ty West. 
stars Mia Goth. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, Mia Goth. She certainly is. That one in Pearl, that was the other movie she had this year. And I don't think I liked either one of them much at all. I'll have to look up my review of X. What did you like about X? Well, I, I love that it combined all my favorite. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big horror fan and it, it combined and gave a lot of homage to different horror movies from the 70s. And it, it followed an interesting story that I haven't really seen been touched much in the horror genre of age and how like what it does to people contrasted with youth. And I, I found it very unique and interesting story. And I, I love the uh, not so subtle nods to different horror movies, including uh, your favorite movie, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. Um, oh, and this was okay. That's what this one is. This is the one that's set. They're trying to make a, a new version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, they're well, they're making. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, more or less. That's what. Oh, now I know exactly what. And I know I didn't like it much at all. Now that I know which one it is. So I found my review of X and I gave it two and a half stars. I apparently didn't think it was as wonderful as you were. I thought it wasn't very clever or tense. Interesting. So what's next on your list? Um, another horror movie, uh, Barbarian. Yeah, that was okay. That was interesting. I didn't think it was a top level film though. You want to tell us a little bit about it, why you liked it? I, I really liked how it, it felt like three different movies. It would completely change tone and mood and follow a different actor. I, I loved how it uh, combined different stories and then followed one main story at the end. I thought the writing was genius. I thought that it was extremely suspenseful and I thought all the performances were good. Very little to complain about with that movie. Okay, so here's what I said. I've just looked at my review of it. Let's see. I said, to make matters worse, there's never one moment of tension. This film is truly a head scratcher. Head scratcher. How did anyone greenlight such an obviously stupid enterprise? I gave it one out of five stars. So I guess we don't agree on that one. No, <laughs> I, I, I guess not. I, I strongly disagree with that. I, I found the first third of the movie uh, some of the most tense filmmaking of the year. Yeah. So what's next? Uh, the Northman, which I did see with you. That actually. is on my list. Yep, yep. Robert Eggers' unique vision of a Viking prince. I thought it was, uh, you know, had kind of hallucinatory visuals and violence, and it was pretty fascinating, and sometimes even more than that. Yeah, I like that too. I agree. I really don't think we're going to get many movies like that nowadays, and I, I think that one's a treat that we'll look back on as uh, one of the best. Speaking of this, I know you haven't seen this because I just saw it last night, was Babylon. Yeah, this just came out. Yeah, with Damien Chazelle's love letter to Hollywood's golden era, the 20s and 30s. It's pretty wild. It's got a lot of decadence in it and fun movie stuff like, you know, the first time talkies came and they're trying to record sound. And it was an interesting film. It wasn't a, a great masterpiece like I was hoping, but it still is worth seeing. Now, here's one that I don't know if you saw or not because it was on the telly, was The Adam Project on Netflix. It's Ryan Reynolds and the young actor Walker Scoble, who played a 12-year-old version. I thought it was just a really rip-roaring, fun, funny adventure. Yeah, no, I, I actually did get around to seeing that one. I, I'd like Ryan Reynolds. I wasn't feeling this one, to be honest. I it was stupid, huh? I... I... <laughs> I, I didn't necessarily think it was stupid. I thought the concept was was clever, and I liked the idea of having that uh, father-son relationship, but it's right. just him younger. I found the kid annoying. Well, he I, was just like being Ryan Reynolds. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't maybe know. Maybe when I, you're 12 and you're not handsome like Ryan Reynolds yet, that maybe it doesn't work or something. I don't know. Right. What else is on your list? I have Top Gun Maverick. Right, um, right. That I, almost made mine. It was a solid film. I still think about it. I, I love the... Uh, Speaking of suspense, I mean, that, that opening scene where he's flying that uh, military jet. Uh, right. And, and, I mean, my hands were sweating. I guess they're not really special effects, practical effects. Yeah, practical effects. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it was all it was all solid. I was entertained the whole time. The love story I could do without, though. 
<laughs> you know, it's interesting. I was literally just reading this today in Hollywood Reporter. The Chinese made a movie called Born to Fly, which was going to be their version of Top Gun Maverick. And it just bombed. They said apparently the effect, they did effects instead of doing practical. And mm -hmm. apparently it was so cheesy that they just didn't even release the movie. So there you are. Did you see any of those foreign films that I mentioned? Athena or Riders of Justice or Flea? No, I, I didn't see any of these. I, I saw you mention RRR. I'm very interested in seeing it. I, I'd love to hear you talk about. That's one of my guilty pleasures. RRR stands for Rise, Roar, Revolt. This was an enormous hit in India. And I'll tell you, the action scenes and the effects easily rival anybody in Hollywood. There's some beautiful visual moments. Of course, great songs in it because it's, it's Bollywood. But the effects and the action is just really a lot of fun. It's really a big Hollywood movie, even though it's a Bollywood movie. Carter, did you by any chance see that? It's another one of those guilty pleasures. Ju Won is in a Korean zombie film, and it's actually got amazing dizzying drone shots, and it's just spectacular. I mean, it, it's done like it's all one camera, uh, one shot, and it, mm. you just got to see it because the effects in that are really incredible. And then this one, people will be rolling their, their eyes. Ambulance, Michael Bay's latest film, which I just thought was hilarious. It was full of incredible stunts and dozens of car crashes, and he used a whole lot of crazy new drone footage. Did you see that one by chance, Ambulance? I didn't. I, I remember you telling me about this this movie and how good the uh, the drone stuff was. So uh, you got some homework. What's on your list? I do. I do have some homework. Uh, ambulances is definitely one of the ones I want to check out. Another one I put on my list was uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, oh, I, yeah. You, definitely you can tell there's a difference in age because I thought that one was, <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up because I think I said specifically, if you're a 20-something, you're going to love this movie. And hello. Yeah, no, I, I, I felt it was uh, right up my alley and it, it reminded me of my friends and just how over the top and silly the writing is and I, I thought it was a good blend of murder mystery and comedy it had moments i actually now that you mentioned I, I gave it one and a half stars so i must not have loved it but i did say the gen z crowd might enjoy the endless interchanges but anyone expecting to be scared will be bored yeah i think you went into that movie with uh different expectations well i'm like you i love horror films i mean as you know texas chainsaw the original was is one of my all-time favorites but <laughs> they really got to be they got to step up to make me appreciate them anymore because there's been so many and they're yeah. just kind of meh this year's Halloween wasn't bad. Halloween ends. I, I've seen the first two. Halloween, okay. Halloween Kills. I haven't seen the last one. Right. What else is on your list? The Batman with Robert Pattinson. That was mm -hmm. decent. It was good. I yeah. put that in the same place as Top Gun. They're both solid box office hit movies. They both uh, kind of rise above for me just because Marvel this year, I wasn't interested in what they had to offer. I, I thought a lot of it was kind of average and those two right. kind of stood out to me as being significantly better. And then uh, my 10th favorite movie of the year is Jackass Forever. <laughs> well, Jack I loved it. I loved all the Jackass movies. It's just, I didn't put it on a top 10, but this definitely was a great film. It was a lot of fun. I thought it was my favorite since the first one. I, I loved it. I loved the chemistry with the, uh, the new guys. I thought the end scene was one of the most spectacular things I've, I've ever witnessed yeah, with the military, just to remind right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's wild. That's an interesting bunch. Now, so you never got to see Athena. I think I recommended that to you. I, I did not see Athena. I, you might have. I don't remember uh, you mentioning this this one to me. Romain Gavras is the director. His father was Costa Gravas, who did the movie Z years ago. 
it's about a, a neighborhood erupting in angry protest and there's racial issues and all this, but it's really impressively made. The skills, especially the opening riot scene that goes on for like 10 or 15 minutes is just really incredible. That's really worth seeing. Writers of Justice is the other one. Mads Mikkelsen stars. It's a, a, I guess, a Danish film probably. It's a revenge story, but it's got some great characters. And then Flea, the animated documentary about a gay man who lives in a Muslim country. And so it had to be animated because they couldn't show his face on camera. And that actually was fascinating and a pretty incredible story. I think Flea came out last year. My dad, my dad saw that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, it being animated just reminded me of that movie. Yeah, it, it was. It did come out in 2021, but it didn't actually play Richmond until 2022. So that's why gotcha. I put it on that list. You tend to like to go sit in the dark, just like I do, don't you? I do. I, I definitely prefer theaters. And I think the theaters had the better movies this year, especially Top Gun and Batman. They felt like when I was a kid, those uh, summer blockbusters that would everyone would go out to see, which, uh, which was nice. And it was a nice reminder. Screaming wise, I'll mention this one, uh, Prey. It was a prequel to Predator. Oh, the, the woman, the, the Native American woman in the woods or something? Yeah, I actually enjoyed that one. Uh, it wasn't one of my favorites of the year, but I, I found it to be a, a cool take on typical like action hero movies. And right. I found the, uh, the scenery and environment very striking, and I, I enjoyed that one. And one I just saw last night, which you might like, uh, was Violent Night. Um, oh, I've reviewed it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, it was okay. It was kind of had some moments. That was fun. Uh, it will probably be a Christmas tradition at the Lively household. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great, Nathan. It's been great to talk to you and to catch up with you. And I'm sure we'll probably be hitting some more movies in 2023. And we'll agree to disagree on them, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for that. That was film buff and friend Nathan Lively sharing his viewpoints on 2022's best films. There's a list of mine and his on the webpage for this show at tvjerry.com. Since he wasn't a big TV streaming fan, I'm going to run down my favorites with short descriptions of each. Hold on, there are 19 of them. Let's start with three of my five-star picks. The Tourist. Jamie Dornan ends up with amnesia while driving in the backcountry of Australia. This has echoes of the Coen brothers, namely Fargo. It's stylishly shot without being arty. The tension ebbs and flows, and the violence is solidly staged. The offer, Miles Teller, heads the cast as the producer of The Godfather. This series explores the challenges of making that movie with fascinating insight, while boasting an impressive cast of spot-on performances. Pistol. Director Danny Boyle is in top form as he examines the rise and fall of the Sex Pistols in 70s London. The excitement of the period and the band infuses every episode with unruly, unabashed punk pleasure. And here are the rest of them in no particular order. As we see it, this show involves three 20-somethings on the autism spectrum who share an L.A. apartment, but all three of the actors also identify as autistic. The performances of the trio are not only genuine, but vulnerable and truly affecting. Reservation Dogs, it takes place on a Native American reservation in Oklahoma and follows indigenous teens through their daily lives. The quirky approach to storytelling and characterization infuses this show with flights of fantasy and wacky personalities. Abbott Elementary, Kenta Brunson created this mockumentary staged in an underfunded Philadelphia elementary school. It follows a group of teachers and the hilariously clueless principal. The characters all have endearing, amusing traits while their interactions provide much of the comedy. The Andy Warhol Diaries. This is an eminently fascinating and sometimes heartfelt look at Warhol's various iterations as an artist and the decadent world he inhabited. Julia. 
This series evolves around the creation of Julia Child's famous TV show, and Sarah Lancashire has succeeded beautifully in creating the famed chef as a sweet, peculiar, and delightful character. Killing it. Craig Robinson heads the cast of this unique comedy as he enters a contest to kill pythons for cash. Robinson's hapless delivery and the spiraling situations provide some absurdly outrageous scenes and plenty of genuinely funny moments. The rehearsal, deadpan comic Nathan Fielder helps people prepare for major moments in their lives by staging elaborate rehearsals for the event. This is an absurd version of a reality show that explores human nature in unusual ways that's surprising, endlessly fascinating, and truly unique. Blackbird. Dennis Lehane created this series with Taryn Edgerton as an incarcerated drug dealer whose only hope for release is to pry information from a suspected serial killer, Paul Walter Hauser, whose creepy killer makes the show. The writing, direction, and performances combine to create a truly compelling and sometimes creepy exploration. This Fool. Chris Estrada based this series on his life with his intergenerational Mexican-American family. The show is at times clever, touching, and generally amusing, while capturing a slice of life that's unique yet universal. Bad Sisters. Sharon Horgan plays one of five close-knit sisters in Dublin. One of their husbands, Klaus Bang, who's deliciously despicable, is so mean and hateful they all have reasons to set out trying to kill him. This is a cleverly written murder mystery with the audience pulling for the criminals. Five Days at Memorial. This series focuses on the catastrophic situations that took place at one New Orleans hospital after the flooding from Hurricane Katrina. Vera Farmiga and Cherry Jones head a cast that's loaded with powerful performances, while the writing and direction create situations that are simply devastating to watch. Sprung. Garrett Dillahunt is in prison for a 30-year-old cannabis charge. When COVID hits, they let nonviolent offenders out, and he ends up in the home of his cellmate's mother, Martha Plimpton, who's delightfully raunchy. The characters are eccentric, while the writing and direction add plenty of zany elements. Look for local actor Bridget Gethins as the noisy neighbor. And there's a link to my podcast with her on the website. My Favorite Shapes. Julio Torres is a Salvadorian writer-comic actor who sits at a desk with a conveyor belt that brings him various objects for comment. Torres has a clever and genuinely unique approach to comedy. Inside Man. Stanley Tucci plays a convicted killer who also helps solve murders from his cell. Across the pond, a vicar, David Tennant, has an early encounter with a troubled parishioner. Once things start to roll, it's a fascinating exploration of two very different sets of characters and the bad things we're all capable of doing. Welcome to Chippendales. Kumail Nanjani is compelling as an Indian-American who established the famed club with male strippers. There's also a shady side peering around the edges, and Nanjani's deep performance makes that clear from the start. This just in, I saw Matilda the Musical last night on Netflix, and it's five-star fun for the whole family, with Emma Thompson a hoot as the evil headmistress, plus great choreo and lively songs. Again, that list of TV streaming favorites is on the website at tvjerry.com with links to each of the shows. That page also has mine and Nathan's movie selections. There are no coming attractions this week because, well, everybody's laying low after the holiday deluge. You know, you can subscribe to this podcast by going to tvjerry.com, selecting the podcast tab, and there's the link. This is Jerry Williams. See you next year. For more Sister, including literally thousands Thousands of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.